Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God is so good. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Notice that. That's a real important uh, lesson right there. We no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. We get in trouble in these areas when we only see people's outside. I only know you according to what I see. There's, we are all much deeper than that. There is a part of us that is perfect. As he goes on to, to, to say here in a little bit, there's a part of you that, that, that's been totally made new and made right, and it's glorious and it's wonderful. You've been justified. You've been glorified. You've been made a very child of God. Say, so we were, we're all children of God. We're not. No. No, 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 no. Being created by God is not the same as being a child of God. You must be born again. All right? It says, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, we now know, uh, know him thus no longer. He, Paul used to think Jesus was just a natural man, just tr- just thought of him as just another guy. He said, no longer. <laughs> I recognize a lot more there now. Yeah. See, we need to be able to recognize these things in each other. Yeah. There's not a... Well, let's just go on. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What is he? A new creation. Say it out, say it out loud if you are. I am... A new creation. Amen. New. You're new. Brand new. Old things have passed away. Do you have a past? (laughs) What do we say sometimes if someone dies, they pass away? Do you have a past? No. That's not a trick question. No. You have no past. See, but, but even but I have a past like since I've been saved. No, you don't. Nope. No, old things yep. have what? They've passed away. They kicked the bucket. They bought the farm. They they're gone. Old things have passed away. And he goes on to say, all things. I lost my verse. <laughs> Behold, all things have become new. Yep. What's new about you? Yep. All things. All things. Now, obviously, he's talking about our spiritual life here. The real you, the spirit man. All right? The old is past. The new has come. You've become a new species of being. You're a, you're a brand new creation. Even if you got saved 50 years ago, you're still brand new. Things don't get old in the spirit. Our bodies get old. The things we see wear out. Spiritually, you're not old. Amen. Paul said the inward man is renewed day by day. Every day. You're brand new. I was just born. <laughs> In this sense, I'm brand new. I'm, there's nothing old. There's, I have no past. What if I haven't confessed all my sins? <laughs> what sins? <laughs> You're talking about something you did yesterday? There is no yesterday. There's no yesterday in Christ. There's nothing you did yesterday that's being held to your account. 
I said, well, what about what I'm going to do? <laughs> well, first of all, if you already know you're going to do it, we need to talk. <laughs> but the, the, the reality is that's already been dealt with too. Jesus didn't just die for our past sins or our present sins. He died for all sin because we weren't even born yet when he took care of it. It was all future. And he took care of every bit of it. Now, verse 18, all things are of God. That's quite a statement there. Everything's of God. What about you? Well, it's all God. All things are of God. My life is all about God. It's all about God. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled. He brought us back together. There's more we could say there, but let's look at something else here. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Now, let's, on your way there, look at Philippians. Just pull over. Rest stop. Philippians 2. No, that's not what I want. I'll find it here. Hold on. Galatians. You pulled over too far. Back up. Galatians 2. I knew it was 2.20, but I thought it was Philippians. Galatians 2.20. He writes here, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's a powerful statement. What is that talking about again? You're dead. Now it's all Him. That should define our lives. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. How do we live? It says, well, my translation says, by faith in the Son of God. Some translations will say it differently. And, and the literal translation gives this implication as well, that it's not just my, my faith in God, but I'm living by the faith of God. What this goes back to again, I'm a new creation. Everything I have and everything I am in the Lord's eyes, and which is, is a reality, is not based on what I have accomplished or what I haven't done or what I have done. It's all been put in me. I am a new creation in Christ. Because I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. That, see, what this does for me, it allows me to understand that, I'm, that everything's right. There's nothing wrong. There is no bondage. In Him, I am completely free. You know what I'm talking about? All things are of God. Sir, therefore, in me, there is nothing that's not of God. Therefore, I... I can be a master over circumstances. I'm born of the heavenly substance which God is and God created. These things are what children of God are made out of these days. It's the substance by which we have our, live and move and have our being. It's all in Him. I can't mess it up because I didn't do it. I don't get credit for it, but I also can't give it away. He did it in me. I mean, the moment I accepted it, that was my part, acceptance. 
I trusted Him and He changed me. But now it's all God in me. See, this is a... And even here, when we see, when we talk about our faith, it's really God's faith. Now, Old Testament, that might have been different. They got, some, they got somewhere with, with their faith. But now, as a New Testament believer, everything that's been deposited in my spirit came from God. I don't have to go after something else. I am not inferior to the, the greatest, most used of God, most mature Christians that have ever lived. I have the same spirit. In fact, line us up next to Jesus. We look the same. Someone said, that's not me. <laughs> that's not the way you see yourself. But in the spirit, that's exactly true. And the degree to which I see that and recognize who I am in Him is the degree that I can live that life. This is why I am so... And I, I, I get so opposed to the theology that is um, around different circles today that wants to constantly remind Christians and tell them that we are all sinners. Listen, this is, this is common, and I'm going to say probably in most churches. People say, well, we're all sinners. We're saved by grace. Did you know that that is exactly contrary to the Word of God? I mean, what? watch this. Blatantly contrary. I mean, they went to great lengths. When I say they, and I'll read a couple of scriptures in a moment. Paul, the other writers went to great lengths so that people wouldn't think that way. And yet it is predominant in churches today. We're all just sinners. We all just need to remember that we're sinners. Jesus died for the express opposite reason of that. He didn't come, give His life for us, redeem our lives, and then make available 2 Corinthians 5.17... A new cre- being a coming a new creation in Christ Jesus so that we could get finished with His workmanship in us in Christ, Ephesians 2, and we could come out of there saying, I'm just a sinner. He, he designed this so we would come out of there the opposite of that. We approach it all messed up, full of sin, not deserving of anything, but while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He shed, you know, He showed us His love in this while we were yet sinners. That, that He died for us. We come up to that point, but we leave that point changed. We leave it different. No longer are we uh, held in bondage. No longer are we subject to sin. Amen. No longer does darkness dominate us. We're not made to do anything. We are supposed to live from that point on with a new mentality, a new uh, outlook, and a new, brand new beginning that says, I am a child of God now, filled with His life, filled with His Spirit. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ so I can stand boldly. I can come right up before God without shame or guilt or inferiority. I've been changed. I've been made new. Someone's, you know, sometimes people think, well, that just sounds proud. Well, People don't understand. Again, anyone who's experienced it knows it wasn't me. I couldn't have produced it. That is the opposite of grace. That's the opposite of Christianity. I did it. I'm a good person. 
No, it's the opposite. I couldn't do anything, so I came humbly and I repented. But I came out of that thing strong. I came out new, clean. Now everything's of God. The old is past. The new has come. Now I'm able to walk on the earth as a son of God, never looking down again. Never never submitting to weakness. Never submitting to disease and sickness and all the elements that come as a part of the curse. No, I'm a redeemed man. I'm a set free child of God. And I live by the faith of the Son of God. Someone say, I don't know if my faith is strong enough. Use His then. It's been deposited in you. And we have the ability to live a very high supernatural life. I tell you what, these are some of the reasons we have to shout. Okay, Hebrews 10. Don't shout right now. Intermittent shouts are good. <laughs> Hebrews 10. We could take the, We could do the whole chapter, but we won't for time's sake. Hebrews 10, verse 1. says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offered continually year by year make those who approached who approach perfect. Everybody see where we're at? Talking about the Old Testament sacrifices. They had to make sacrifices for all their sins and then they had to make the yearly sacrifice. What did it say it couldn't do? It could never make them perfect. Well, why would you say that? He... The writer here is contrasting the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. What they had versus what we had. Notice what he said. He said, that other one? He said, with all those sacrifices? It could never make you perfect. What's that implying? That, they, that there's a new one that we have and it corrects that problem. Now it does make people perfect. People have a hard time using that word about themselves. Perfect. But listen, we need to live out of our spirits. The part of us that He did make perfect. In the new birth, I know my mind wasn't changed and my body wasn't changed, but the real me on the inside, the spirit of man, was absolutely perfected. Go on, let's let's see. Verse 2. For then they would not have ceased to be offered. He said, "If if that could have fixed everyone. If that could have made everyone perfect, they had to keep they had to keep kept up with those sacrifices. That'd have been a good deal, and it didn't work. And by the way, it's not like it failed. It was designed not to work. It was designed to let them know you're not perfect. In fact, far from it. Okay, he said, for the worshippers once purified would have no more consciousness of sins. What if that worked? If it were able to make them perfect, he said, those people wouldn't have had any consciousness of sins. Again, what's he saying about us, about our covenant? We are supposed to live with zero consciousness of sin. We are not supposed to be aware of sin. This is a very simple Bible doctrine and teaching. Very, very clear. We are not supposed to live conscious of sin, but so many times people are told, you're just a sinner. Saved by grace. That's all you are. Remember. And sometimes people get nervous. Some theologians get nervous when you start talking about perfect, no sin consciousness. Because they think 
they're, they're so afraid that a human being is going to intrude on God's territory and get confused and think that they're God. I am so not confused about that. I don't know if you are. If you're not, we'll talk, but it won't, be, it won't take long. You're not. But listen, this teaching, this doesn't confuse me about the fact that He's the Creator and I'm the created. But He wants us to live with zero consciousness of sin. That's why I like to say sometimes it's not a good idea for you to daily say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. What are you doing? You're building a consciousness of sin. You feel like a bad person. You feel like a failure, like you've fallen short of the glory of God. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say that. If you have a particular sin that you've committed, confess that. Lord, I lied. I had a bad attitude. You know what I'm saying? 1 John 1, 9. Specifically, not generally, every day, I confess my sins. You know, people don't even get saved by confessing their sins. You get saved by confessing the Lordship of Jesus. Not confessing sins. We want to stay in line with what the Lord did. He purged us. He cleansed us. He washed us and made us brand new. Everything in the past is gone. It's dead. And everything in the future is all brand new. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. We're not supposed to think like a sinner anymore. We're not supposed to think like an Old Testament follower of God. They were reminded, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Every year they were reminded, you can't do it. There's so many laws, you're never going to make it. That was for a purpose. We want people in the world to think that way. I don't mean we want to condemn them, but we want them to know that they're not saved, so they'll look to Jesus, but once they come through, now you're a brand new man. Now you're all washed up, shiny and clean. Amen. And the old is past. You don't have a past anymore. It's all gone. Everything, everything new is before you. Praise God. See, verse 3 says, but in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. They continue to remind them. What are we not supposed to be reminded of? Sin. Sin. We're supposed to be reminded of what Jesus did for us. Every thought that we have, Jesus took my sin so I'm free. Amen. I'm a new creation in Him. Look down at verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. They kept Buddha doing the sacrifices. It didn't work. This is almost like the person today who's continually always just asking God to forgive them. Oh, I need to get right with God. Having this opinion, this view that God is somehow against them or upset with them continually... And just the opposite is what we're supposed to be mindful of. I should be conscious of every day, I'm right with God. My sins have been removed, washed away. I have no sin any longer. I've been free. I've been cleansed. I'm a new creation. Let's have life. Let's do church. Let's do the will of God for my life. Let's do... I'm right with God. Amen. Look at verse 14. I'm just skipping, skipping through here. He says, For by one offering He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. What is that? Who's that talking about? That's talking about us. What He did for us. He's perfected us forever. Verse 17, then He adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Amen. The Lord doesn't remember anything wrong you've ever done. He has no remembrance of anything wrong with you. 
no remembrance at all. Does it mean I got away with it? Well, I wouldn't word it like that. Uh, People don't get away with stuff per se, but Jesus paid the price for it, so it's no longer attributed and put to your account. I mean, there was a heavy price paid for for you. But since it's already been paid, man, we might as well live up to this and agree with the Lord and say, I'm free. I'm cleansed. I'm washed. I don't have a past. There's nothing wrong with me. Amen. I'm not sure I'm fully getting through yet. Give me a few more minutes. Yeah. Praise God. See, we need to live out of another realm. And you can't feel guilty and make this work. You can't have a consciousness of sin and live the Christian life like, like God intended. You cannot, you cannot live in supernatural things, have miracles and stuff, if you feel bad about yourself, if you feel like you don't qualify, if you feel like, I'm not good enough. Your righteousness is not based on your prayer life. Your righteousness is not based on your good deeds and how many good things you've done and how many bad things you haven't done. Your righteousness is based on Jesus made you that way. When you were born again, He made you righteous. And that's the truth, whether you like it or not. Now, if you disagree, you'll live like a sinner. You'll live like an Old Testament person. You're always trying to get something. Trying to get God to do something in your life. Trying to get the Lord to give you stuff. Trying to get Him to heal you. Trying to get Him to prosper you. Trying to get the Lord to do stuff for you. But as a new covenant man or woman of God, you realize He's already done everything for you. He's already deposited every bit of His life, all of His nature, all of His ability, all of His wisdom, all of His strength inside of your spirit man. And our, our job is to get our thinking in line with what's taking place inside of us and then we live that way. But if I'm constantly told I'm nothing, I'm no good, I'm without strength, I can't do anything, I'm weak, and I sing songs about how I'm weak and wretched and naked and blind, and and Lord, come help me, and Lord, rescue me. And Man, listen, I believe in the Psalms, and I like the Psalms, but you have to realize what covenant they were in. There's some of those Old Testament Psalms that we shouldn't be singing, we shouldn't be quoting over our own lives, because Jesus hadn't come yet. They were spiritually dead. Come on, David was a great man of God, man after God's own heart, but he was still spiritually dead. He wasn't a new creation in Christ. And so some of the things he sought after and looked for, he couldn't have. But we get it without asking. We get it without lifting a finger. Man, I mean, people, try they try so hard. Stop. We need to stop trying. We need to stop trying to be better. I'm doing my best. Quit. And acknowledge, Lord, you've done it in me. You have made me a new creation. I'm washed and I'm clean. And I'm not going to live conscious of sin. We, we could go around the room. We have memories. But that would be stupid. Let's go around and tell some of the things that we've done. Why? So we can be aware of it? I don't want to be aware of it. Anytime I feel like a loser or feel like uh, there's something wrong, I need to put in my mind the fact that I'm new in Christ. That He perfected me and 
cleanse me from sin once and for all. It's an eternal redemption. It's not temporary. This will last you for a week. But if you're not walking with me real good and just doing excellent by the end of the week, no good. Well, then you've got to be born again again. And how many know you can't be born again again? If you can't be born again again, then nothing can ever go wrong in your spirit. Because if it does and you can't be born again again, then you're toast forever. Hmm. So there must be something that keeps me eternally clean. Must be something in what God did that keeps me eternally separated unto Him and to where sin and darkness cannot penetrate. I am redeemed forever. And I need to think that way and not allow a sin consciousness to, to survive in me. Makes me bold and makes me strong. Amen. Let me show you a little bit more. Is that right? John 3. Hold your finger there. <laughs> Romans 6. Let me do this one quick. And then John 3, and I think we're done. Romans 6, verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Someone said, I just can't help myself. Stop saying that. Don't ever say that again. Say, I'm free. Amen. Live free. Think free. Say, Talk free. What am I free from? Sin. In whatever form or shape that looks like. Someone said, well, they told me at the, at the meeting that I'm forever an alcoholic. And I need, to, I need to admit that all the time. I disagree with that. I'm not saying those people don't help anybody in those programs. But that's not a Christian mentality that says, I'm always an alcoholic from here on out. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm a born-again child of God. I'm a new creation in Christ. No longer going to identify with sin. Because that's passed away. It's dead. I'm made new. I don't want to have an cons- alcoholic consciousness. I want a free consciousness. So does that mean I can drink again? When you get full of who you are in Christ and know what the Lord has done for you, uh, you'll find that you won't need that. There are much better highs in life. And they don't have negative effects. You become addicted to Jesus. Verse 7, For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the, for the death that he died, he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, just like that, just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus died once and for all. Likewise, reckon yourselves. That's a southern term. 
reckon yourselves to be dead. It means consider. Dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What should I consider myself when it comes to sin? I'm dead to that. A dead person doesn't sin. A dead person cannot sin. That's how we should look at ourselves concerning sin, the old life, the old ways. Now I'm dead to that, man. I don't have anything to do with that. I died to that. I can't do that. I can't do that anymore. Consider yourself this way. Why would I consider? Should I consider something that's not true? No, it is true. That's why he, he's trying to get us to think in line with the nature of God inside of us. He said, therefore, do not let sin reign in your, own, in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Don't let it. Who, who, who's the, uh, the subject there? Understood subject is you. Don't let sin reign in your body. That means when I let junk in me, it's because I let it in me. As a child of God, I don't have to let anything that's not of God survive or remain in my life. If I know who I am and I live with a Christ consciousness, I know that, man, I am the boss. I have authority. I have the right to live a God kind of life on the earth and not a sinful life. And I don't have to let sin or the devil or any of the results of that, any of the curses overtake me or run, run over me in life. All right, John 3. Let's finish here. John 3. This is where Jesus, of course, talked to Nicodemus, talked to us about God loving the world, right in the middle of that. Verse 13. Well, let's read verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He said, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. I don't know if you ever read verses like that and go, Huh? <laughs> Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Where are you, Lord? <laughs> are you here? Are you in heaven? Yes. Yes. Now listen, I don't mean Jesus is omnipresent. I don't think that's what he was saying. Jesus himself was confined to his earthly body. Was he physically in heaven when he's saying this? Oh, you see me here, but I'm really in heaven at the same time. I don't think that's what he's, that's what, what he's saying, but... There's a part of him that is, just like there's a part of us that is. Jesus lived in a physical body just like you and I do, but he lived off of the resources of heaven. He lived out of heaven. He was always listening to heaven. He was drawing strength and everything he needed from heaven. It was like, where am I? Am I is this heaven or the earth? And, and you know, sometimes you read the scriptures and, and Jesus said, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And well, it's not I who do the work, but it's the Father who sent me. He, he dwells in me. He's doing it. Well, it looked like you were doing it. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's, there's language that kind of, you can see it from both sides. In one sense, it was Him doing it. And you read scriptures that say, I must work the works of Him who sent me. So you did it. Yeah. But it really wasn't me. It was the Father. There was such a union and a flow from heaven to earth that he lived out of that it's hard to tell. 
And I believe that's the same way with us because Jesus had righteousness consciousness and he had never sinned. And, uh, and so he, that's one of the reasons why he was so bold and he'd never back down from storms, from fig trees, from demon manifestations. He's just bold as a lion, man. He'd just go out there and do business because he knew who he was. And he had no guilt or shame. And he operated continually out of heaven's resources. And that's the same way we're to live. And when we understand what the Lord has made us to be, what he's created us to be, and how we are clean and made righteous in his sight, we can tap into the same stuff. Where are you? Oh, here in heaven. <laughs> Who's doing this? You or God? Yeah. In reality, it's both. It's both. We're leaning on the power of God, the resources of heaven, and we live out of that. Amen. Because he's given us eternal redemption. It'll never go away. Amen. Father, thank you tonight for your goodness. Thank you for doing great things in our midst. Thank you for your grace. We believe you're helping us to live a higher life, to live at a brand new level. Lord, to see ourselves the way you see us in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that old things have passed away and now all things have become new. We give you all the thanks and praise.